We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Good, good. Well, it's good to be back from a couple of weeks break. And uh, who missed me? Some who didn't realise I was even gone. Yep. Well, thanks to the team who um, looked after things while we weren't here. Um, today we're continuing our series on the very good news. Um, some of you have been on this sort of journey with us. We started in Mark chapter 1 verse 15. Have you got these scriptures? Need to look them up really quickly. Mark chapter 1 verse 15. Uh, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is hand. Repent and believe the good news, it says. Um, let's remember that the gospel is very good news. The word gospel means good news. No, it's not just normal news. It's not just front-of-the-paper news like uh, Port Power One. Yeah. Not that sort of news we know that can change next week or even next year. Um, but it's news that actually changes the world. The word good news is actually news which is life-changing. It's like it's 1945 and you're in Singapore in a prisoner of war pit and you hear the war is over. At the time, you're probably almost fearing for your life, starved, diseased. We've all seen some of those images. The war is over. And then there's dancing in the streets around the world. People were rescued. People were migrated. Country borders were changed. Governments were changed. It was the news that changed the world. Now, this is what this term good news refers to. News that changes everything. And that's what that term... So when you hear the word good news or the word gospel, it means the same thing. That's what that word means. The prisoners have been set free. Families are being united. And in New Testament times, when this was written back in the time of Jesus, Israel was waiting for the promised Messiah, living under the weight of sort of oppressions and, and oppression for hundreds of years. And God promised that he, he himself would come as their king and their saviour, restore Israel, set them free. And this saviour king who was going to come wasn't just for Israel, but the good news was for the whole world. That's why the Great Commission is going to the whole world and preach the, what? The good news, the gospel. And, uh, and it was prophesied all through the Old Testament leading up to Jesus. And it happened... When Jesus came and it unfolded completely different to what people were expecting at the time. And when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said something quite interesting. He, he said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Isn't it interesting? Behold the Lamb of God. I wonder what they were thinking when he said that. I wonder what John was thinking. Whenever you hear about the Lamb in the, in the Bible... 95% of times it's talking about some sort of sacrifice, the Passover lamb, and it, and it was that, that sort of statement was unfolded in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And it deals with a problem called sin. Isn't that a real religious word, sin? 
Sin means to miss the mark. If you're an archer, it means you've had a shot and you've missed. It means where we perhaps try to do something, we don't quite get it right. And it can also mean those things which are just completely against uh, the goodness of God or, or moral behaviour as well. I looked up that term where it says he takes away the sin of the world. I thought, well, what does he do with it? He takes it away. And I looked up that word, takes away, and it's a word, I think it's pronounced Iowa, not Eeyore, Iowa takes away and it means this it means he raises it up he lifts it up takes it upon oneself and carries what has been raised up to move it from one place from where it is to another place so it's no longer there anymore so when he takes up the sin of the world it's that picture on the cross where jesus takes up the sin of the world but he removes it and how are we going with those scriptures guys have we got hebrews 9 Verse 28. Awesome, thanks. Um, this uses the same term. This is looking back after Jesus was here. Also, Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation for those who eagerly await him. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That's that same thing that, that um, John the Baptist was saying. We've all been reading Romans, or hopefully you have. Who's had a shot in Romans? It can be a little bit, so what's this about? Just, just keep going, keep going. And one thing it, it, it says in Romans, it gives us a little bit of insight into this. Uh, guys, have we got Romans chapter 4, verse from about 4 onwards? Thanks, awesome. When people work for their wages... Uh, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who what? Forgives sins. David also spoke about this when describing the happiness of those who were declared right, just without working for it. Verse 7. Put the next one up, verse 7. God, awesome. Oh, the joys of those whose disobedience is forgiven. Their sins are what? Put out of sight. Some say it's covered. It's, it's, that's that same principle. Uh, verse 8, yes, what joy for those who record, whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. Wow. See, God forgives sinners. Um, today, the very, in the very good news, I want to talk about forgiveness. Wait. You might have heard about forgiveness. You need to hear about it again because it's something we, we need to refresh with because freedom is found in forgiveness. Uh, let's pray. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for what we're going to um, get into today and I pray you'll help us maybe see forgiveness with a fresh eyes in Jesus' name. You know, to be forgiven is life-changing. It really is. It's life-changing. Um, haven't got this verse but that's okay in Luke chapter 7 Jesus was eating with with one of the Pharisees and it says a very immoral woman came how'd you like to be known as that that was how she was known as and uh, she got behind Jesus and she started weeping her tears fell on his feet she wiped them with her hair and then she put perfume on him 
And the Pharisees weren't impressed. They said, well, if he is a prophet, he knows what sort of woman this is because everyone knows what she's into. And Jesus knew their thoughts, it says. And he tells this story. He, said, he started to say to them, you know, um, a, a man loaned two people money. And one he loaned 500 pieces of silver and one he loaned 50 pieces of silver. Who'd like to know that man? Yep. And um, neither of them could repay, so he kindly forgave them by cancelling their debts. One, 500, and one, 50. And Jesus said, who do you think would love him more? And the Pharisee was called Simon. He said, well, I suppose the one who was forgiven the most. By the way, that's what that term forgive means, to cancel a debt. That's what it means, cancel a debt. Um, and Jesus went on to the say, I tell you, her sins, and they are many, he said, they have been forgiven, so she has shown much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only a little bit of love. And the woman said, uh, the man said to the, Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. And the men at the table, they were talking amongst themselves, who's this guy who even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you, go in peace. Oh, I think it's awesome that her faith was demonstrated by ministering to Jesus. Sometimes we think faith has got to look like this or got to look like that. Her faith looked like crying, wiping his f f Jesus' feet with her hair and pouring expensive perfume on it. Wow. Forgiveness is a very powerful thing. And Jesus said to the woman, go in peace. And that's what happens when we're forgiven. And uh, this woman... Jesus said, love much because she was forgiven much. Well, the truth is we've all been forgiven much, but sometimes we don't remember. We don't realise how much we've been forgiven. And when we're forgiven, we experience freedom. And when we forgive others, we experience probably even more freedom. And the result is expressing love and thanks to God. Remember, forgiveness means cancelling a debt. And... Uh, it doesn't mean an action is okay. It doesn't mean perhaps you weren't hurt by an action. It means cancelling a debt. And forgiveness allows us to have right relationships with God and with one another. And it's something we can freely receive as we come to know Jesus, something that's vitally connected to the cross. And uh, I want to tell you, if you have faith in Jesus, you are forgiven. Sometimes, whoever sometimes feels like they're not forgiven. Anyone ever feel like you're not forgiven? Yeah. It's not a maybe. You're forgiven. It's a fact. We live forgiven. It's like your status. Who's an Australian citizen here? Yeah. Anyone haven't quite got there yet? There's a couple. Oh, there's one at the front. Let's put her in quarantine. No. Forgiven's like that. It's a status. You are forgiven. That's your status. And oh, what if I sin? What if I do something wrong? Well, God's plan for us all is that we, we walk and we change. You know, we talked about repentance a couple of years ago. And that accompanies forgiveness. But if you were, say, say um, something really, you did something really bad and you and you died before you got to ask for forgiveness, are you still forgiven? 
You're not forgiven because you say a special prayer. It's not a formula. You're forgiven because you have your faith in Jesus. Forgiveness is a state we live in. And guess what? You don't fall in and out of forgiveness. You're forgiven when you have your faith in Jesus. And uh, of course the Bible teaches us not to uh, live intentionally in a sinful way. And if we do that, we drift away from God, that's for sure. But we all mess up at times. When was the last time you did? Maybe on the way here? Maybe during the worship? (laughs) John 1 verse 2. Have we got that one, guys? They scrambled to get those scriptures up. Thanks a lot. It says, My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. Well, that's good. But if anyone does sin, he put that in because he knew they would. We have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. And his case is this. Uh, Yep, Kerry, she's guilty, yes. But I went to the cross. I took a penalty. My blood covers her sins or takes them away. That's what it means. He pleads our case. And... Uh, if we have faith in Jesus, if you have faith in Jesus, you are forgiven. We need to notice something about that woman at the feet of Jesus. She didn't get right, clean up her act and then come to Jesus. She came to Jesus in whatever state she was in, broken. She had a bit of a reputation and her sins were forgiven because she came to Jesus. And that caused her to be right. Hey, you know what forgiveness does? It allows you to change. Because you get filled with the Holy Spirit. It's based on the love of God. It's unconditional. Now, I looked up on Google, and you know Google knows everything. Someone on Google decided to count a number of sins in the Bible. Who would do that? I don't know. And this person, I'm going to call him a guy because I'm sure it was, he found 600 sins. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> hey, I needed to know that. Uh, I need two helpers. Who can write? Kelly? No. Who, who, who can get? Hey, there's a teacher. Your right hand. Is there a left-handed person here? No. Someone else. Beth, come and help. Ben, come and help us. Can we bring this up? Can Can you come? Yeah, yeah. Can you bring that up here. Uh, yes. Just while we're getting ready, Nathan, can you just hand them out? You'll need these in a little while. Don't look at them just yet. We're going to do a little bit of work. Okay, I want these two lovely people here to write... There's a chain there. Just write these list of sins. Oh, okay. Yeah, do them in the shape of a cross if you can. They're going to write a list of sins on, on the whiteboard and they're probably going to add in a few of their own as well. I've only given them three to list and the rest are probably their own. Actually, they've got a list, a whole list of sins. And while they're writing up, they'll they'll listen while they're writing. Come on, guys, write. That's it. Yeah, Ben, reading. Ben, slow. What? Yeah. Use your, use your, your good writing. Okay. Hey, I wonder... If you ever knew somebody and you thought they were like something and then you saw them in a whole new light. You, you, anyone 
I didn't know they were like that. Um, maybe you were prejudiced because of their looks, you know, they looked like something and, and you had some sort of perception about them. You know, God knows everything about us. He knows us intimately. But when we receive forgiveness, he sees us completely different. Um, Isaiah 1 verse 18 says this. Have we got this one? Thanks. Awesome. It says, come now. This is God speaking. Let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your skins are scarlet. Wow, that's really red, isn't it? I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. You know what forgiveness does? It recolors your life. And when we're forgiven, we're seen, seen in a whole new light. We're transformed. It's like we're seen in one way and we're forgiven, we're seen in another way. It's like white, uh, we were bright red and now we're white. It's completely different when we're forgiven. What does, what does God do with our sin when we're forgiven? You got that pamphlet there? Just pull that out for a sec. I thought I'd just give you this to take away. Uh, what does God do with our sin? He lays our sins on his son. God nails our sins to the cross of Jesus. Christ takes away the sin of the world. God forgives all our sins. God covers our sins by putting them out of sight. They are removed as far as the east is from the west. God casts them behind his back. I like that. God casts our sins into the depths of the sea. One for the sailors. God makes our sins unfindable. You know, like that $50 you left in your couch somewhere. Unfindable. He will not keep an account of our sin or hold them against us. He remembers our sins no more. God cleanses us from all sin by the blood of Jesus. He washes us white as snow. God abundantly pardons all our sins. Now, you're getting the message? This is what God does with our sin. Uh, there's one particular verse that opened up a whole new thought when it came to this, and it's Isaiah 43, verse 25. Have we got that one up on the screen, guys? This is God speaking. He's speaking to Israel. I will blot out your sins for my own sake, and I will never think of them again. Now, who's old enough to have sort of... Remember those days where they used to have pen and ink and they used to use blotting? Who's old enough? Okay, here we go. Um, when you blotted that, it didn't sort of get rid of it, did it? There was a smudge. Yeah, it made a mess. That's not the word here. The word here, blot out, is when God said to Noah, oh, look at that. I don't, I'll need you in a minute, but stay there. Uh, no, you can sit down. Thank you, Bear. Well, that's not bad. I mean, I only gave them a list of about five or six and they put the rest of them out of their own. They put up there. Thank you, guys. That word blot means like when God spoke to Noah and said, I'm going to cause a flood and blot out. It means totally destroy, annihilate, get rid of, completely kaput, blow up, whatever. That's what that word, can we put that up again? Thanks. Blot out means. And I will think of them... Never think of them anymore. You know what I love about this verse? God says, I'm doing this for my own sake. I like, I like that forgiveness is for me, sets me free, but God says, no, I want to forgive you for my sake. I wonder why that is. I know God loved walking in the garden with Adam and Eve, having fellowship with them, and sin sort of caused this rift, this separation. God wants to have fellowship with us. 
He blots out our sins because he wants... Forgiveness is all about coming to know God. Forgiveness is all about that reconnection with God. It's what God loves. And um, so he blots them out. So we're going to do that. Ben, can you help again? God does now to our sin. Now he's almost doing it right because you know when God blots things out you can't even see that smudge. That's why God has a whiteboard cleaner as well. Yeah, try that. Very good Ben. Who would like Ben to clean your car after? Yep. And so he keeps, keeps have a shot at that. In fact, it's almost like this. Let's stop that, Ben. You're taking too long. Almost, I'm clean that one. It's a bit easier. It's almost like he makes all things new. So when God blots away our sin, gets rid of our sin, there's not a little smudge on the end where he says, oh, yeah, I remember that little bit. I forgive you, but it's, it's like it's completely clean. It's made new. It's, it's completely changed. And that's how we stand before God. Pure, white as snow, accepted, we belong. There's nothing be- between us and God. Now, I don't pretend to understand the depths of God's forgiveness, but I think that's pretty awesome. Here's a question. Okay, you ready? I'm... Uh, do we need to repent before we receive forgiveness? That's a good question. Some would say, yeah. Um, I mean, I believe in repentance. I've talked about that. I even believe in confessing our faults. You know what that means? It means I'm owning up. And if I confess, the Bible tells you why to confess. In the book of James, it says, confess sins for one another so you can pray for one another and be healed. If you don't tell someone else that you need help, how can you, how can you do that? And those things should definitely accompany forgiveness. But I, I believe we need to get the order right. Our forgiveness is based on Jesus. We believe, we receive the good news, and because of that, we can change. And I think repentance is part of the response to forgiveness rather than a prerequisite. Let me explain. I think this is really important. Because if you believe you need to repent before you're forgiven, guess what? If some, someone does something wrong to you, well, not, I'm not going to forgive them because they haven't said sorry. I'm not going to forgive them because they haven't changed. And uh, in fact, they haven't even looked like changing. See, God forgave us before we even thought about changing. If we want to be like God in that way, we forgive because of who we are you are forgiven you are his child the more you understand how amazing your forgiveness is the more you can forgive others we need to translate how much we've been forgiven and the way we've been forgiven to others now Peter sort of asked Jesus this well how many times do I have to forgive a person and Jesus just a mess with his mind Peter said, well, seven times, thinking, oh, that's pretty good. 
And Jesus said, 70 times 7. Now, he, he was just trying to really blow Peter's mind out. I found a forgiving lifestyle brings me freedom, keeps friendships, keeps me fruitful. I've seen some people come to know Jesus and they get stuck in their walk because they refuse to forgive. Now, this is what happens if we don't forgive. The grace flow dries up in our own life. We get bitter when we don't forgive. Jesus actually said this, Matthew 6 verse 14. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father forgives you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. What? Hang on. What's that mean? You know, what he's saying is forgiveness is not something between me and God. Forgiveness is something between me and God and others. It's really important. It's not between, just between me and God, it's between me and God and others. And when we don't practice forgiveness, that grace flow dries up in our own life. How do we know if we haven't forgiven? Well, here's a couple of little signs. Our speech and our actions reveal this. When issues come up, we keep losing our joy, get consumed or frustrated or get all religious, or they need to do this and they need to do that. We become bitter, we lose, become a grump, we lose friends, we become unfruitful. Someone said that unforgiveness is the poison you drink to try and hurt someone else. It's a great quote. Now, sometimes we try to forgive, the motivation is right, but we're looking for justice. I'm not going to forgive them, that's not, not just. However, our own forgiveness is based on a different sort of justice. Did someone pay the price? Yes, but it wasn't me. See, Jesus paid the price. Now, part of forgiveness is not just saying I forgive, but handing over the burden, casting all your cares on him. Now, I found this is, this is the key for me. If you want to live free, base your life on who you want to be before God. Now, I'd like to be like Jesus. You know, we're getting there. I think we all do want to be like Jesus. So I'm going to forgive because Jesus forgives. Now, now that's, if some, Ben does something again to, to really roll me up again, I'm going to forgive him not based on his response or his action or his apology or his attitudes. I'm going to forgive him based on what Jesus thinks. So I want to, I want to be right there. I want to be as much like him. Forgiveness is how I want to live. I tell you what, you live like that, you live light. You don't think up thinking you want to go and get someone. Let someone else consume your life. Let someone else set the direction for your life. Don't do that. Let things go. Now, I'm not talking about being a doormat. You got that? Because sometimes you, gotta, you have to confront or resolve conflict or correct and sort things out. That's a, that's a different subject. But I'm talking about living free forgiveness. Now, there's a term which we get messed up in. Who's heard, heard the term? We're going to finish with this. Forgive and forget. Who's heard that term? Now, the Bible tells us to forgive. It's easy to say that phrase, but not easy to do. 
In fact, the Bible doesn't tell us to forgive and forget. He says, choose to forgive. Who's heard of Corrie Ten Boone? Yeah, she was, went through those war years and in those camps. And she spoke about a time when she couldn't forget something that was done to her. And she had some pretty bad stuff done to her. She said, I kept forgiving this person, but I kept rehashing it and it kept hurting me. And she couldn't sleep and finally she asked God to help and she came across this Lutheran pastor and he he gave her a key. He said, look up in that church tower, there's a bell up there. And, uh, you know, you pull the rope and the bell rings. Now, when you stop pulling the rope, guess what happens? The bell rings for a while. Keeps going. After a while, it slows down, gets softer, and eventually it stops. Unless you pull the chain again. <laughs> and it starts ringing again. And her, his uh, advice to her, I suppose, is as you let it go, it still hurts for a while, but that gets slower, not so intense. So when we forgive we take our hand off the rope and get it to God because if we keep tugging on our grievances those angry thoughts keep coming because forgiving means to cancel a debt it means you don't owe me anymore God's forgiveness is a little bit different for us because he actually can do something we can't do he says I will forgive and forget which is awesome and we might be made in the image of God but I tell you what you will remember things Hey, even Jesus remembered some things on the cross. He had things called scars. They showed where he'd been hurt, but they were no longer raw, but they're just testimonies of God's healing in the past. Hebrews talks about our new covenant. Did I give you Hebrews uh, chapter 10, guys, at the back? Chapter 10, verse 16 and 17. We got that one? Okay, I'll just read it. This is the covenant I will make with them. This is, this is for us, says the Lord. I will put their law on their hearts. I will write them on my minds. And then he says, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. I think that's awesome, isn't it? All right. We have a, we got a keyboard player or something anywhere. It's gone with a baby somewhere. That's all right. We'll just pray. Um, isn't it funny when Jesus said, okay, this is the prayer I want you to get. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's the next part? This, this day our daily bread. And our, forgive us our trespasses or our sins as we... Yeah, yeah. That, that, whoa, whoa, who did that? Please forgive me. Hey. Now that's not a bargain we make with God. You forgive me and I'll forgive them, God. That's not a, it doesn't mean that. When we don't forgive, we sort of shut down the facility in our innermost person that causes us to receive forgiveness. That's the way I like it. It's the same door. When we open the door to our forgiveness, it's the same door for the forgiveness for others. And so when we don't forgive others, we sort of shut that door and the grace flow dries up in our life. Let's pray. 
And I'm going to pray, I'm going to ask that we will, you know, keep clean before God. Why do we ask for forgiveness even though we're already, already forgiven? Because it's good for us. But as we're praying this prayer, you know, if God puts anyone on your heart or any issue on your heart that's, while we've been talking, it's just come up, hey, commit it to God, say you forgive, and say, God, I'm going to let go of this bill and ask God uh, for his healing. Release yourself and release whatever's happened. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you forgive us and your forgiveness is total. You see us as a new person, totally right. And we thank you for our forgiveness. Lord, if we've just been walking in a way that doesn't please you, we ask for that a forgiveness afresh, that we will experience freedom right now. And we also pray for those who might have wronged us or our family or whoever it might be, those who we have trouble perhaps forgiving. And we say those words, Lord, we forgive them. We commit them, those people into your hands. Lord, I pray that um, people will be able to cast their burden upon you. Lord, we release the debt. And Lord, as we do this, I pray healing will come to us. Restoration will come to relationships, Lord. You do something which we can't do as we commit this to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.